nothing important. Matt Reyes, chilling in the fucking room. Long Monday. Monday, fun day, fun day, Monday, Monday, fun day. I wanted to talk, first of all, what everybody's been talking about yesterday's Super Bowl. Easily one of the greatest sports events, sports championships of all time. I'm not even going to talk about football. I'm not going to talk about uh, the NFL. This game was fucking incredible. It was fucking incredible. Pat Mahomes was coming into the game injured. He caught another injury. He got, you know, some one of these big 450-pound sons of a bitches that run inhumanely fast, that wear tights, landed on his leg, and he already had an ankle injury to start off. That wasn't good, so they were going into halftime, um, and it wasn't looking like he was going to come back uh, for the second half of the game. But he came back and evened it up in the first half. Eagles were definitely dominating. It was a really quick-scoring game. Very, a lot of offense, a lot of motherfucking offense. The Eagles showed why they're considered the greatest offense in the NFL, one of the greatest offenses in the NFL. I don't watch fucking football, but it was easy to see. From a novice football viewer, it was easy to fucking see that they had an incredible team, and this was just a really hard-fought, incredible game. Hats off to the referees for 98% of the fucking game. <laughs> It was extremely well called for 98% of the game. I talked briefly about the uh, the Bengals-Chiefs game and how that was a motherfucking shit show. You know, that was some goddamn predetermined destiny type shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the referee in that motherfucking game, I don't know what the guy's name is. He was a black guy. He had uh, 128 on the back of his jersey. That motherfucker was calling the game this way, that way. It looked like somebody was in his fucking ear telling him Chiefs got to win. Right? This game was not like that for 98% of it. 98% of this was just, it was beautiful. It was organic. Everybody that was a sports fan, everybody that was not, because everybody in America likes to watch the Super Bowl. We are American. It is the most important day of the year as it pertains to national brainwashing. As it pertains to distracting people from the fact that the aliens are here. And apparently they're not fucking friendly because we're shooting at them. Or maybe we're, we're dumbasses. I don't know what the fuck is going on. But everybody was watching the Super Bowl, and everybody could see that this game was fucking incredible. It was, it was a wonderful fucking game. Um, and I don't even want to slight the Chiefs, man. It, the way that the game ended, and everybody talked about it. You know, I'm not going to get it on it. I'm not a football fan. I didn't have the Phillies. I didn't put money down on the Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't really fucking care. Uh, but... It was very obvious that there was a there was a call for holding at the end of the game that was extremely questionable, and it cost it really cost the game. They, the game looked like it was going to go to overtime. It looked like it was about to go to overtime, and it would have been, you know, interesting to see who won that bout. You know what I mean in overtime, but didn't. And um, the Chiefs won. I even saw like in the the reaction of the coach uh, Andy Reid. And the owner of the Chiefs, they weren't really like, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't have a lot of excitement on their face at the end of that. I mean, they were happy and stuff like that. They were winners, but it didn't look like anybody was really fucking, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like they knew that that was a fucking bullshit call. But I'm not going to harp on that because the rest of the game was great enough. Really was probably one of the best Super Bowls that I've, definitely the best that I've witnessed. Once again, I'm not a big football fan. But I would even argue not even watching football. 
that that's probably one of the best Super Bowls ever. That shit was incredible. Top to motherfucking bottom. I'm talking about everything considered. Halftime show, Rihanna comes on there. She has a little fucking baby bump. She's pregnant again. Aesop Rocky, Harlem stand up. He's impregnating her crazy. Do what you got to do, my guy. I heard she's worth a billion dollars. Do what you got to motherfucker do. She came up there and she was pregnant and she still put on an incredible performance. It was light on the shenanigans. It was light on the, uh, you know what I mean? The extra bullshit. There wasn't a lot of like halftime extravaganza. I mean, it, it was it was an incredible thing, incredible visual effect they had going on, but it wasn't a lot of like you know you. I'm I'm, I'm brain farting. I forget the word for it. I'm thinking about gimmicks. It wasn't gimmicky. There wasn't you know what I'm saying. It was just like the right amount of extra shit that you need when you're in a football stadium, but really just let her catalog of music speak for itself. Incredible live performance on top of the fact that she was pregnant. Um, didn't really understand the costume designs. She was dressed in all red. And there was a million guys, the backup dancers, that looked like tampons. So she looked like the little blood clot that they were trying to, you know, keep up in, in the vag area. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But beside that, you know, you really forget what an incredible catalog of music that she has. Tons of motherfucking hits. Gives me the nostalgias. I had the nostalgias 100%. Just shot me right back to 2016, 2015, 14, 13 times where I was bar hopping. I ain't have no kid in New York City or in Los Angeles getting drunk out of my fucking mind. And when I'm driving to a bar or I'm on the train with my headphones on, one of her songs come on. Or I'm in the bar humping a stranger and one of her songs come on. It's an incredible thing. I also thought, you know, um, that it was interesting before, you know, I, I even... Watched the, the, before she came on. I, I was already thinking about like why did why are they bringing back Rihanna? I mean, she's never done it, but why are they bringing on Rihanna? She hasn't had like a hit song in a while. She's kind of been out of the limelight. Um, and great fucking decision because this was it was incredible. It was just like a cherry on top of what was easily one of the best Super Bowls, easily one that I've I've ever fucking watched. But I, I'll put it on the, the Mount Rushmore. Not having watched whatever fucking ones. It was funny as well. I was on Instagram and uh, I put it on my story. I was like, times really change. Times really fucking change. And it was like showing a halftime show, Super Bowl halftime for the 1994 Super Bowl. I was two years old, 1994 Super Bowl. And a halftime show was this guy named Travis Kelsey. Uh, no, I said Travis Kelsey. Isn't it the fucking football player? What is this guy's name? I'm, I'm going to look this up. Let's see. Umamantito. Oh, my motherfucking archives. My archives. Travis Tritt. That's what the fucking son of a bitch's name. Travis Tritt. Never heard of this fucking guy. He had a mullet. He had a guitar. He was doing some weird fucking dance on the stage. It was like country, hillbilly, rock and roll. And I was like, holy shit. This was on the main stage. This was nationally televised. This was the music that the majority of America was fucking with. That at the in the middle of the Super Bowl in 1994, this is what they put on the fucking stage. And it's horrific to look at now. But it just shows you how fucking, how much time changes shit, you know? 1994, was it 28 years ago? 29 years ago? Fucking 28, 29 years. Maybe they'll look back and see Rihanna and wonder why there was a pregnant radiant and all red and... A million guys dressed up as tampons, you know, might be a curiosity there.
might be a curiosity. In the present moment, 2023, excellent pick. Great fucking game. Great fucking halftime show. I will critique the commercials. Some of them were okay. Some of them were fucking okay. Eh. You know what I was thinking? I was like, I feel like maybe when something becomes tried and true, smart people understand that uh, the tolerance level starts to kick in. When I'm talking about like from a marketing standpoint, like when you advertise to people, to a certain demographic, eventually people catch on. And I feel like 2023 has like an overall vibe of not suspicious, but people are kind of like tired of the bullshit. People are tired of the extra, you know, trickery and the, and the slick talker and all that other shit. People want a little bit more transparency. People just want to be talked to straight. They want to be talked to directly and they'll make the decision. And I think the advertisers kind of took that into consideration. I was watching the commercials and a lot of them were kind of like breaking that third wall, you know, breaking that third wall of marketing where some of them were even saying like, you know, this isn't going to be a great commercial. We don't have a lot of fucking ad dollars. These ads are very expensive. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're breaking those walls down. Um, I saw a lot of fucking casting with wide nets where they would just like reach a ton of different demographics. I told you guys yesterday when I was watching a YouTube video. It actually was one of the Super Bowl commercials. I guess they were testing it out on YouTube before, but it was a YouTube ad first that I saw. Uh, John Travolta and the guys from Scrubs, and they were singing that song from um, that John Travolta movie, Grease. And, uh, you know, that's kind of like the, the methodology, I kind of the common thread I was seeing through a lot of these commercials. It's casting a wide net, getting different figures that are, you know, pop culture, mainstream nostalgic figures and putting them all together where it doesn't really work, but it kind of works somehow. And the whole concept is like, you just, you know, you get a whole bunch of different people. So if people don't know the scrubs, then they know John Travolta. If nobody knows who John Travolta is, maybe they sell scrubs. You definitely heard the fucking song. You get it like that kind of thing. And I saw that in a bunch of commercials. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Cast a wide net out there. Um, I think that's important in marketing to change up and to kind of like reassess the collective awareness. And I really do think after the whole pandemic thing that people are, I wouldn't even say more aware or more conscious, definitely less tolerant of bullshit. I think after, (laughs) I think after you have like a a guy who uses orange spray tan um, and switches political parties very fucking quickly who was previously a reality TV star, once that guy gets elected in public office, uh, the highest seat in public office in, in, as, a, as the president of the United States, and for four years just says the wildest shit imaginable, and then right as this guy's exiting, we go right into a fucking global pandemic where the entire world gets shut down, everybody gets locked in their house, and while we're in that fucking vortex, the next guy up can't finish a sentence because he's dying in front of it. You understand, like, all these factors considered, I feel like they smack people to a level of delirium and there's, like, a new threshold that's reached where you come back into consciousness. Like, you get your ass whooped so much by all of this fucking nonsense. All of this fucking over-inundation of information. You don't know whether it's true. You don't know whether it's fake. 
You don't know whether you're being lied to, you're manipulated, there's propaganda, there's conspiracy theories. They're telling you to take a vaccine. A couple years later, apparently the vaccine don't fucking do shit. There's still political parties that hold, you know, tight to those ideas that you should get a vaccine. You're still killing people. You know, the if you use your fucking eyeballs and you look around, it doesn't really fucking matter. And you question if it ever did. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of division. And you you reach a new threshold after a while of getting smacked around with all of that. And I feel like the collective is just like they don't want to deal with the bullshit anymore. And they're kind of like looking at it as every, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of uh, dissent. Maybe not skepticism. Maybe not conspiracy. You know, I think people are exhausted in investing in conspiracy theories because even when you do and you're right. Even when you spend all your fucking time researching and looking at conspiracies and you're right, there's no payout. There's no payout. <laughs> in, the, in the technology era, when everybody has a cell phone in their hand and there's another fucking new story, there's a new headline every 15 minutes, people only pay attention to things three, four days max and it gets out of the collective psyche. It doesn't matter how incredibly jaw-dropping, eye-opening an event is. People just fucking, they don't care that much nowadays. So it's not like a lot of that's going on, but there's more dissent. People are looking at things and before, whereas before in America, I feel like people just blindly ingested information based off of authority. So if there was a perceived authority toward a demographic, so religious people, if it was a religious authority, they listen to them, they don't question. They just drink the motherfucking Kool-Aid, no pun intended, Right? If there is a political authority and they align with your party in the past, those people just kind of blindly listen to them. And I think now, regardless of bias or the self-categorized boxes, you know, your political party, your race, your ethnicity, your social status, your environment, your community, all of these things that make up who we are individually, people universally now are more dissenting so regardless if it is an authority that aligns with all of their ideas they're still looking for the bullshit because everything that happened everything that happened in the last four or five years you know it's been a lot of shit it's been a lot of fucking shit so i guess marketers are fucking catching on to that they're casting a wide net with these commercials and they are um trying to bullshit a little bit less break those third walls down just talk directly you don't have to do all the things you did in the past i even think about like advertisements in the 90s and 2000s like it was severely hypnotic like <laughs> they would literally do a commercial and it would be happy go lucky music and it would have beautiful images and it would be a commercial for like a you know newly approved FDA medication and at the end of the commercial you would have some guy who fucking broke the Guinness World Record for speaking as fast as fucking possible, just spill out all of the horrible side effects of whatever medicine it is. And they put that on television. And adults didn't even question. They would just be like, yes, I do have headaches. I, don't, I, I did not hear the part where you sped through talking about your anus bleeding if you take this fucking pill. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to go to my doctor. I'm going to ask for this. You know, people were really like that susceptible to marketing in the past. I don't think... I'm not saying everybody's had a fucking mass awakening. I don't think that's happened. But I do think people are more dissenting just because they had their fucking their, their ass whooped psychologically for the last three, four years, you know? That was interesting to watch. Um, that being said, didn't really enjoy the commercials. Didn't really fucking enjoy the commercials. Nothing really caught my eye. 
I think my favorite commercial is the Diddy commercial. Uh, P. Diddy had a commercial. Go check that out. Just, you know, put in YouTube. P. Diddy YouTube. Uh, P. Diddy YouTube. P. Diddy uh, Super Bowl commercial. That shit was funny. I laughed at that one. Everything else, yeah. But who fucking cares, right? Who fucking cares? Um, you know, the real programming was Rihanna. Rihanna. Rihanna, baby. Uh, no, she was incredible, man. She was fucking incredible. People had the audacity to go online and start comparing her to Beyonce. And I was like, uh, chill, chill. Um, but I'm a heterosexual male. So I'm not going to get into that. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do is something I like to do a lot. We're going to read the news. Let me get the news out. I thought the news was pretty interesting lately. I'm fucking exhausted. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, let's just start this off. Kim Kardashian is selling rare vintage top for $3,000 on Kardashian closet after she blasts. She's blasted for blank, 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 blank. I'm not reading the fucking rest. And it shows a photo of a woman who, uh, off first glance, if you did not know who she was, if somehow you could go and get a Neuralink or a lobotomy or whatever the fuck Elon Musk is working on, given the, the mass population, um, if you can go get that procedure done and wipe out all of the negative memories of the last 10, 15, 20 years, and majority of that would be the Kardashians, right? All of that garbage. If you get that out of your collective psyche and you just took a glance at this photo, you would think you were looking at a Puerto Rican woman because that's what it looks like. But it's not. It's just a lot of, uh, a lot of surgery. You know, a lot of surgery that made the Kardashians somehow Puerto Rican lip fillers, nose jobs, super long eyelashes and, you know, this, that and the third. I'm not reading that. Magic Johnson likes Lakers trade deadline acquisitions, especially reuniting. I can't fucking speak right. Reuniting with D'Angelo Russell. I'm going to click this. You know why? Because I'm a motherfucking LeBron stan. I'm a Lakers fan. I like Magic as well. Not just for his basketball, phenom incredible talent, won a chip first year in the fucking league, Magic motherfucking Johnson, the greatest to ever do it. I'm from Harlem. I used to go on 125th Street and sit in Magic Johnson theaters. And I don't think Magic would like to hit us, but Magic, Magic Johnson theaters in Harlem, it was not well kept. It was not well kept. You were liable when you sit into that seat uh, to sit on a knife. And when you put your feet down on the ground, you're going to step in a pool of teenage sperm or a rat. Something's going to happen. It was not, but you know, it's part of my life right there. Harlem, what's up? This year's NBA trade deadline was one of the craziest in league history with the Los Angeles Lakers being among the busiest teams. Over the last month, the Lakers made three trades, bringing in six new players. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Mo Bamba. I just talked about Harlem. Magic Johnson, Mo Bamba, Harlem, Devon Reed, Rui Hachimori, my favorite pickup, just because he's Japanese and he's black, and that's funny to me, uh, while also notably ending the Russell Westbrook experiment. Stop shitting on that man, son. Um, it remains to be seen how the new pieces will fit on the roster alongside LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and others. But one thing is for sure, the Lakers are a lot more balanced and deep than they were previously. One person who has taken note of the moves the Lakers made the Lakers have made and is pleased with them is the franchise legend Magic Johnson. Let's go to motherfucking Twitter, 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 Irving Magic Johnson. I think the acquisition of D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Mo Bamba will make this Lakers a playoff team. Magic, I'm right motherfucking with you. The West is wide open. The West is wide open. A little alliteration for you sons of a bitches. 
Everybody's looking at this trade with Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks. Yes, it was an incredible trade. Yes, Luka Doncic is about to eat. Yes, they still have to gel. Let's take that into consideration. It's going to take some time for them to be cohesive. Do I think it's going to work? Absolutely. Kyrie is extremely talented. Luka is extremely talented. Neither of these personalities on the basketball court demand the basketball. They're going to work with each other. They're going to make it work. They got a great coaching staff. Their coach is Jason Kidd. You understand who Jason Kidd is? This is the pass the ball God. He's going to teach them how to pass the ball. It's not just a way of playing basketball. It is a religion with the Mavericks to pass that ball around. They're going to do just fine, but it's going to take some time. I'm not going to call them the champions. That all being said, with all the potential that they have, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? There was another team that made some incredible moves in the Western Conference in Phoenix, where the Super Bowl was just played. The Phoenix Suns just acquired Kevin motherfucking Durant. I know they've been working on a, a nickname for this guy. I don't like any nickname Kevin Durant has ever had. I think they were calling him Durantula. They were calling him the, the Slim Reaper, uh, Easy Money Sniper. None of those I like. I like Kevin Durant, KD. I like to watch that man ball out. Slim Reaper's okay, because he does kind of look like a Grim Reaper. But um, Kevin Durant is, a, is, you know, everybody that has ever played basketball, whether it's a pickup pick game, AAU, you played in the Gauchos, you played in Gladiators, you played whatever fuck you play, you played in the park. You played in the park because you didn't want to go out in the neighborhood because there's too many crackheads doing dances and you were scared, right? Wherever you played, you know about a guy named Kevin DeRay. You tried out one of his moves and you realize you ain't seven feet tall and you ain't that goddamn talented, ladies and gentlemen. He's an incredible pickup for the Suns. Yet and still, they got to gel as well. And they got to worry about health. They got to worry about age. So guess what? What I like is the Lakers moves. They got young guns. They got a guy in LeBron James that don't need time to make that team work. They got more shooters. They got people with legs. They got people who are confident and competent. I was listening. This is one of the big things I do when there's acquisitions on a team and they go from you know, whatever team they're coming from, whatever city that they're coming from to a major city like Los Angeles or New York, and they get around that media, that's the big fucking test right there. Because basketball is basketball. You see these guys play, that's one thing. But when you're in a place like Los Angeles and you got to deal with that media and you got to deal with those incredibly bright lights, that expectation and that pressure, you're just in the shadow of the pressure, the incredible pressure that LeBron James has had on his shoulders for his entire career, that's when you're going to see if you are a champion or not. And I like when I was listening to these guys getting interviewed, they were not only composed, but they had their heads screwed on correctly. They were not too high. They were not too low. They understood the workload. They understood the expectations. They understood that they were going to have to not only achieve bring what they brought from the other teams, but be better. But they also understood where their role was, where where their place on the team was, that they were going to have to check that motherfucking ego at the door if they had one to goddamn start with. And I appreciate that. That is intelligent for uh, Rob Palenka to pick the guys that he picked. Kudos to him. I still like my Lakers. Call me motherfucking delusional. I think they're going to make a run. I think they're going to get into the playoffs. I don't think no team in the West wants to see them. Shout out to motherfucking Magic Johnson. Next story. I am still fighting a little fucking cold, ladies and gentlemen. Um, That is not an excuse. I I can't talk today for whatever reason. Let's see. Let's go back. What else we got? We got Elon Musk 
insists he's restricting Ukraine's access to Starlink because Zelensky could start World War III. I think this is interesting. I think this is interesting that Elon is talking about uh, World War III because Elon likes to shoot rockets into space. And I think the Air Force generals that are going on to national broadcast and making sure to let the general public know that the things that they're shooting out the goddamn sky are not spy balloons, but UFOs. You know what a UFO is? You remember UFOs? It was, they were on the title of comic books in the 80s and 90s. Aliens. We've been shooting them down at the goddamn sky. Nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. But um, Elon Musk referencing World War Three, which um, is also important because World War Three might be an interplanetary war, ladies and gentlemen, and it might be because of Elon. I'm going to blame Elon. I think one of the rockets that he shot up into the sky uh, smacked the shit out of one of the UFOs and killed somebody's auntie, killed an alien's auntie, and now they want smoke. Elon Musk insists he's restricting Ukraine's access to Starlink because Zelensky could start World War Three, Elon Musk has a message for whoever might blame him for a third world war interrupting, excuse me, erupting over Ukraine. It's not his fault. In fact, his decision to restrict Ukrainian access to his communications technology, he's disabling starlight, a satellite broadband. I really can't fucking talk to he's disabling satellite broadband use for any potential strikes on Russian soil. Um, And this could help prevent the conflict from spiraling out of control. If you ask him, that's, that, that is, oh, this is bad writing as well. It's not just, I can't fucking read. Um, the, the serial entrepreneur has become a vital player in Ukraine's defense. Thanks to his Starlink service, which has enabled communications for its soldiers all the way up to the front line since m- last March. But Musk has complained about the cost of his pro bono technology. That means he's doing it for motherfucking free. At the point tweeting that this cost the company SpaceX excess of $100 million. Jesus Christ. Um, briefly, <laughs> briefly, he even floated the idea that the U.S. tax players foot the bill before dropping that idea. Because that's not going to be popular. A guy who makes tremendous amounts of fucking money saying, why don't the taxpayers pick up the motherfucking bill? Um, but I still don't even agree with Starlink having to pick up that $100 million bill. I also disagree with the U.S. giving Ukraine so much fucking aid. I get the, the chess move. If you don't know what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, Russia put their dick on the table and they said, suck it. And Ukraine said, no, we're not going to suck it. And Russia said, oh, word, we coming to take your motherfucking land. Gangsta, gangsta, top of the list. You understand what's, what's going on over there? And America being an ally of Ukraine, but more importantly, not wanting Russia to get more territory, more manpower, more power in general, because we don't like you, Russia. Russia been the enemy for a long motherfucking time. You understand what I'm saying? They're already buddy-buddy with China. China, we can't compete with. They got a billion motherfucking people and counting. You understand what's going on? You fucking following? China has spy balloons over the fucking U.S.? So we thought it to be a great chess move to restrict um, some of the expansion of Russia by giving tremendous amounts of our money to Ukraine and aid. And part of that is going over to uh, Elon's company, Starlink, where he's going to you know, take on a $100 million bill uh, for Ukraine. And he's trying to cut that back 
because he thinks that if Ukraine gets more power, they're going to start popping shit back to Russia and it's going to start World War Three. And he doesn't like he doesn't like that idea. Um, hope everybody's fucking following. I think that's pretty interesting. I wonder when people are going to talk about the aliens. I wonder when. Uh, let's see. Harvard trained psychologist. I always love when they say Harvard trained psychologist. I really enjoy that. Did he go to Harvard? Is Harvard trained? Did he date somebody that went to Harvard? A Harvard trained psychologist. If you use any of these eight toxic phrases, your relationship is in trouble. And it is a photo of two people that have never been in a relationship. Um, it is a black woman and a redheaded white male. No, I think that actually happens, right? That, I th- I've seen that a couple times. <laughs> Let me click on this one. That's funny. Um, so just to tell you what this photo is, after I've just described to you that it's a Harvard trained psychologist, authority, authority. If you're in academia, if you worship academia, if you think Ivy League schools produce the greatest minds and you should just listen to people that have lab coats and silly Harry Potter glasses, then this article's for you. This is your bias. Listen to the fucking Harvard trained authority. If you use any of these eight toxic phrases, your relationship is in trouble. The photo is a black woman and she has her fist on her chin in the thinking pose, but she's grilling the shit out of this white guy, like full eye contact. And he's defeated. He has his fist as well on his chin in the thinking pose, but he's just putting up the little fight that he has left because his eyes are just staring down onto the table that they're both set at. uh, And he's staring at a dead plant. This This is a deep photo. As Harvard, as a Harvard trained psychologist who works with couples, I've seen relationships quickly go downhill when one or both partners speaks to each other with contempt. Mm. Contempt is dangerous because it is not only an attack on a person's character, but it assumes a position of superiority over them. Mm. Toxic phrases. We're going to get into some toxic masculinity here. If you notice any of these phrases coming from your partner, your relationship is in trouble. You don't deserve me. You don't deserve me. Language that reflects contempt communicates to your partner that you believe that they are less than you, which can damage their self-esteem. You're lucky that I even put up with you. Mm, These are good ones. Uh, What to say instead? I'm struggling to see us as partners right now. Okay, that's homosexual. If you say that to a woman, she's going to cheat on you. I'm viewing you as less valuable than me. Okay, that's horrible to say to somebody. Um, (laughs) okay. Number two, stop asking if I'm okay. Everything is fine. And this is the photo of the black woman. That is pretty fucking accurate, Harvard. Um, passive aggressive language keeps partners from talking about their problems in a direct and open way. This makes it difficult to resolve conflict and can make both parties feel insecure. Insecurity, a bad thing. It's non, non, it's not nice. As I say to my daughter, that's not nice. What to say instead Uh, I'm really upset, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Instead of ignoring your problems, take some time to face and reflect on them. Number three, this should be fucking, uh, this should be a a real obvious. You're pathetic. That's hilarious though. Name calling (laughs) simplifies a person into one negative attribute instead of appreciating the complexity of who they are. Okay. This is like, um, you know, an adult talking to children. That's what this ad feels like. But I'm going to keep on going because it's funny. Uh, Don't say you're pathetic to your loved one is uh, negating long-term relationships. If you've been in a relationship over six years, you understand if that's the most that you've said, you are being broken down. You're being broken down. You need to fight back. Go curse them out. 
uh, what to say instead. I don't like how you handled that situation. Once again, homosexual, if you say that to a woman, she'll cheat on you. I hate you. Okay, I've never said this one, um, but I, I assume that it has been felt by both parties. Uh, language that reflects how you feel in a heated emotional moment, but isn't representative of how you feel in the big picture is damaging. Once again, Captain Obvious planting that flag down on unrealized territory. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew that it would be damaging to say, I hate you to somebody. It overgeneralizes momentary feelings and creates insecurity even in the good moments. Your partner may think, do they really love me right now? If they said, I hate you last week. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, number five. Okay, this is this is a good one. You're a bad parent. Partners know how each other's. <laughs> that's, that's funny, though. You're a bad parent. But you know that, why I don't like number five? Because the Harvard-trained psychologist is not considering... What if the person is with uh, in a relationship with somebody who's a bad parent? Like you ever saw Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith, the mother who was just fucking tapped out when times got hard because he wasn't selling those antiquated machines. He had like antiquated medical technology. Will Smith in the movie, he's trying to sell it around to different physicians and nobody's buying it. And she's just sick of living in abject poverty, even though they have a child and she taps out. And does a move that men stereotypically do. She went out for milk and cigarettes and she never fucking came back. I think she's a bad parent. I think Will should have said more than you're a bad parent. In the movie, he said, you're weak. I would have said, bitch. Uh, partners know each other's insecurities. <laughs> Language that exploits these vulnerabilities isn't just hurtful. It undermines trust. By taking someone's weakness and using it to make yourself look like the better person. I would take that. If they just said that, not the fucking quote, you're a bad parent, but that is true. Undermining trust and using somebody's weakness to make yourself look like a better person. All that's doing, not only is it hurting the person, but it's hurting you because you're never looking at your your uh, flaws and you're overhyping yourself. You're elevating yourself in the situation and that is not true. You don't want to inflate yourself. You want to look at how you actually are. You're being crazy. Language that manipulates or twists reality with the intent of making your partner doubt themselves is called gaslighting. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are some gems in this article. We're done with this article, by the way. But there's some gems in the article. Um, I, it's just when you get into those terms. And maybe it's not the Harvard-trained psychologist's fault. Maybe I can't blame the Harvard-trained psychologist for this. But there are trendy colloquial terms that are floating around Twitter and other spaces where women congregate because they hate men for whatever reason. Because they want to keep their armpits hairy, but still be sexually attractive. I don't know what the fucking issue is, right? Collectively, in the, in the, the female consciousness. But there are certain terms that float around that are, you know, they're, they're just spouted out of women's mouths nowadays. M masculine, mansplaining, uh, male toxicity, um, uh, gaslighting, all these fucking terms, right? Where there is some semblance of truth in all of these uh, newly awakened movements toward, I guess, retraining men to be more sensitive or more aware of their obviously abusive ways in the past, we have to look at it in totality, as well as there being some truth there. There's a lot of bullshit, and there's weaponization of language. When I hear gaslighting, masculine tox toxicity or male Whatever the fuck people say on Twitter, when I hear these words, it's just like triggers in my brain. 
because then it just comes with like a feminist rant and it's all bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. Go out into the real world. When you meet women, no woman is going to want to fuck you if you're not an alpha. If you're not presenting like that, maybe you have other qualities, you have money, uh, you have some type of life of ease, or you can provide them with something, or they have low self-esteem, but the reality is the top women want guys who are men, who act like men. So any language, any theories, any uh, mindsets, any philosophies that undermine natural qualities of men is poisonous, and it's also not real. They're used to break down a man once a woman already got him. But no woman is checking for a dude with his head on the fucking ground saying, yes, ma'am. It's not real. Women like to get fucked. Next story. Whew. I'm hoping I'm not sick tomorrow. Uh, Roseanne Barr tells ASAP Rocky to call her when he's tired of Rihanna. Hilarious. I'm not going to read that, but very funny, Roseanne. A man contact a man moved to a remote village and cut contact with his loved ones. He reappeared months later and 137 pounds lighter. This is a white man. Uh, in both photos, he looks like he was at a wedding in once in the wedding in a second. And uh, he was fat in the left photo and he's skinny in the right photo. And I guess this is like catered toward people who grew up in good families, uh, well educated, a little bit of money, decent amount of opportunity. Not a lot of mental health, but the big problem. In, their, in this guy's life, Brian O'Keefe, is that he was fat, which is a problem. And he got skinny, which is good. I'm not going to take away from this guy's life. I'm not going to judge him because he grew up a certain way. But I'm not going to read the fucking article because I don't think him moving to a remote village and cutting contact with his loved ones is why he lost the weight. I think it's because he stopped eating. Um, Oscar response to Will Smith slap was inadequate. Not going to read that one. They're just trying to draw up something that was good news a while ago. They thought he was going to let it go. This is a Hustlers Casino Live. I'm not going to bore you guys. Paramount Network addresses new reports about Kevin Costner leaving Yellowstone. Don't watch that. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Here we motherfucking go. I know I'm going to read this. I know I'm going to have some thoughts about this. And it's just from the goddamn photo. Let me read the headline first. Sam Smith, Kim Petraeus. Unholy Grammy performance sparks FCC complaints. Let's take a look at the goddamn picture. Open up your third eye. Listen to me explain this. I'm going to paint a visual picture for you. We have on the right a Mr. Sam Smith with the beautiful angelic voice that he was blessed with wearing a top hat adorned in red horns, a fully red outfit, and his tongue protruding pretty grossly from his mouth. And I'm not talking about gross because I'm a man and I don't like men or because he's a man that likes men. I'm talking about gross because he, he's fat. Um, on the left is a Kim Petraeus <laughs> and she is spreading it, uh, busting it wide open, if you will, in a cage. And she has hellfire behind her. Let's click this and see how satanic it gets. Um, okay, here we go. The duo sent temperatures rising. Very bad writing, New York Post. You got to stop it. While performing their chart-topping song, Unholy. Okay, so this is like gimmicky. I was talking about this. Rihanna didn't have a lot of gimmicks. She was dressed as a blood clot, and all the male dancers behind her were dressed as tampons. That was somewhat subliminally gimmicky, but this is just like they're laying it on thick. The song is called Unholy. They're dressed like Satan. Uh, during the 65th Grammy Awards, the risque rendition saw both singers and their backup dancers clad in blood-red devil-esque costumes. After Smith and Petraeus uh, raised eyebrows with their creative choices, TMZ reported outraged viewers flouted. Jesus Christ, I can't fucking talk. Maybe it's the devil. Maybe the devil doesn't want me to talk about this. Um, 
Outraged viewers filed complaints against CBS and Federal Communications Commissions, the FCC. The outlet obtained 18 complaints filed with the FCC. Is 18 a lot? Doesn't sound like a lot. It was nationally televised. Maybe it is a lot. With most of them slamming the performance for its glorification of Shaitan, Satan, Lucifer. During the performance, Smith, 30 years old, he's only 30. That guy looks horrible. Uh, with clad, was clad in red leather and donned a hat with horns protruding from it, evoking comparisons to the devil. Ladies and gentlemen, I am no Satan worshiper, at least not yet. Um, <laughs> what, what I find very fucking interesting is uh, when things get nationally televised, like the Grammys. Because I grew up in New York City. And in New York City, for the Halloween parade, for the gay pride parade, you will see people dressed in far more inappropriate, scary, satanic outfits than this. Really is not that big of a fucking deal. It looks like the guy was playing uh, dress up and they're trying to be shocking so that TMZ will pick up the story. And it fucking worked. And I'm reading about it. The non-binary singer. Nobody cares if he's binary or fucking not. Everybody's binary now. I guarantee you Sam Smith is binary. He says he's non-binary. I guarantee you he's a fucking Democrat or he's a Republican. Uh, who uses... They, them pronouns. Once again, information that didn't need to fucking know. That's the devil. Non-binary and they, them pronouns. That's Satan. I don't care what he wears. Uh, he rocked red high heel boots and leather pants and a crimson shirt with a matching collar. Uh, <laughs> he was dressed like a poodle. Um, later, they wore <laughs> top hats with horns and completed the look with a cane. Because you know the devil got a motherfucking limp, bitch. Meanwhile, 30-year-old Petraeus donned a, red, a little red dress and satanic headgear while performing in a cage surrounded by whip-wielding backup dancers. Now, this could have been spun a million ways. These are both white people. Uh, if the lady was black and there was people with whips outside the cage, they would have called it racist. If they were wearing blue, they would have... I don't know what they would have fucking said. They would have said it was blue pill and they're trying to brainwash us. No, this is obviously satanic. I'm going to keep on with the story. Uh, the stage design complemented the motif as huge flames were shot into the air during the segment. I will be canceling my television service due to this. One complaint obtained by the outlet reads, I don't agree. I don't agree with that guy. I think that guy's lying to himself. I think that guy saw that and he was horrified and maybe he's religious and he goes and he pays his tithes and he goes to church on Sunday and he even goes to church on Wednesday and Friday. He's a good fucking law-abiding, Jesus-loving, tax-paying citizen. And he don't want to see a gay guy stick his tongue out and wear a devil hat at the Grammys. I get it, sir. But let's not fucking lie to ourselves. Let's not fucking lie to ourselves. More than white Jesus... More than paying your taxes on time, more than being a law-abiding citizen, you love your television. Stop fucking lying to yourself. You're American. You're not going to cancel any fucking TV service. Let's be fucking honest. I hate when people make those threats. And then, like, they make the threats, like, with such futility, like, one individual canceling their television subscription is going to cause some stress to, apparently, the devil. Um, I don't know how that works, but... <laughs> This is interesting to me, folks. Do I think it's corny? Absolutely. Do I think it's unnecessary? Yes, it's 2023. If you want to throw some motherfucking gimmicks up there. Or if we... You don't think, like, the devil needs a facelift? Nobody thinks, like, we need to stop <laughs> presenting this vaudevillian Satan. <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy with a fucking top hat and a cane, a pitchfork, and a, and a pointy tail. Like, this is a little corny. Is that how the devil looks, you know? One of my favorite movies of all time, 
The Devil's Advocate. Go watch that. Keanu Reeves, incredibly horrible actor. It shows what happens when you have a pretty face. Ladies and gentlemen, he made it. He made it to co-star alongside one of the greatest to ever motherfucking do it. A guy that is not known for his retarded voice and beautiful face. A guy that is known for his acting. Al Pacino. And Al Pacino in this movie, The Devil's Advocate, played the devil. The devil. He was Satan. And he didn't have a red costume. And he didn't have a pointy tail. And he didn't stick his tongue out. I think he had like one or two scenes. We met. He might have flicked it a little bit. He's Al Pacino. But the point of this is that there needs to be a little bit nuance in art. If you want to portray whatever the fuck you're portraying at the Grammys. And you want to, you know, shock the masses. Make it a little bit... You know, add some mystique into that. Add some mystery. Make it a little bit more nuanced. We don't have to see this fat gay guy fucking hump around with his, his glossy red fucking linen suit or whatever the fuck he's wearing. You know, it's just, it's corny. It's corny. You know, you're upsetting these old 70-year-old guys that just want to watch the Grammys for whatever reason. I, I can't believe that's the, the only thing that upset them. Anybody that called in or wrote in to complain about the Grammys, Sam Smith, you know, dressed as a fat gay devil... Uh, anybody that complained about that must have had some serious problems with the rest of the goddamn show. Because I remember there was a Mr. Bad Bunny that came up there and was the, it was the most Puerto Rican motherfucking house party vibes that I've ever seen <laughs> on national television. <laughs> this shit was a spick fest. It looked like Telemundo. It looked like somebody was going to cut and say, brought to you by Bounty. It was in fucking credible. It was in fucking credible. And I can't imagine the same demographic that goes and they pay their churches and they believe in white Christ. They pay their churches. They pay their taxes. They are law-abiding citizens. They are probably from the fucking South. I can't imagine they enjoy Bad Bunny. I can't imagine they, they could relate to that either. Maybe the Grammys is just not for them. Maybe you don't have to cancel your television subscription or whatever the fuck fake threat that was. Um, once again, all these stories, ladies and gentlemen, they're written by ChatGBT. None of them are real. And I'm wasting my goddamn time. But guess what? I didn't just waste my time. I wasted your time as well. If you are continuing listening to Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Continue listening. Do me a favor. Go on to my Instagram. Like the post. Like the reels. Until next time.